You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Go ahead. Welcome back to PackerNet. JJ Leahy, Ryan Schlipp, and shortly, Jake Schwink. We are uh, getting rolling without him. Um, and uh, so we got to hold on some of the the uh, funny things that I grabbed this week for us to react to. So I guess that means we're going to actually talk about like meaningful football stuff for a few minutes before we bring Jake in and let Dang it. Let him derail us. Um, Ryan, I put up a tweet that I didn't think anybody was going to care about because people usually don't. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting at uh, 25,000 views and a bunch of notifications. I had to turn it off <laughs> where I just suggested that I think Matt LaFleur checks all of the boxes of being a great offensive coordinator. And where he leaves me wanting is the head coach stuff. So like prep for big games, culture, holding people accountable, hiring and firing coaches. Those are the areas that I, I don't feel comfortable giving him a strong passing grade in those areas. And those are the areas that I think really separate offensive coordinator from head coach. Can you give me a reaction to that idea and, Talk about your views of Matt LaFleur as we stand here today, um, more than halfway through this uh, 2023 season. 
I mean, I I don't see anything wrong with with what you said. I'm not sure what all the comments are. I mean, I'm sure some people are are very against his play calling and whatnot. But um, I mean, it's just for me, it's it's kind of I'm trying to decide because I haven't really had to think about it before. How much all of the good stuff matters in comparison to the other stuff? Because one of the things that I kind of commented on was, if you're winning, the other stuff kind of takes care of itself, right? And if you're losing, I don't really care how good of a culture guy you are. You're probably going to lose the locker room. Um, there's still some other things, you know, the the accountability and the hiring and all that stuff. That's that's problematic. But um, I, I guess that's kind of where I would be stuck is if he's doing all those things really well and is able to create a very good winning football team, assuming that they can just get the right talent. Do you want to ship them off in hopes of finding somebody that's a little bit better at the managerial stuff while potentially also ruining the potential to have one of the better, in my opinion, you know, right. play designers, play callers, et cetera. So I haven't fully fleshed that out, um, but that's kind of where I'm sitting on that. The other big thing that you're getting with Matt LaFleur as a positive is the QB whisperer element. Right. I think every quarterback we've seen him ever get his hands on, and maybe I'm just forgetting some guys who who really flopped, but everybody we've ever seen LaFleur work with seems to play at like their max potential. You know, you look at Matt Ryan and Jared Goff, like way higher uh, production from those guys at, yeah. with the, the Matt LaFleur influence than anybody thought they had. And I know there's a lot of frustration with just the entire Packers offense. I didn't like Jordan Love as a an NFL prospect. Right. What I'm seeing, what I have seen from him in his time here last year, this year, really doing a lot of work with Matt LaFleur and Tom Clements. I have been impressed. I know certainly I'm not going to assume that everybody agrees that he's the guy, but he is outperforming what my expectations were of him as a draft prospect. We got uh too old for this in the comments here. He's uh, expressing uh, a, a split loyalty um, <laughs> conundrum here. He's asking, she says we're asking him to pick between Packers total access and derailed. Here's the thing too old for this. Both of these get published to the, to the podcast feed. So whoever you want to send live messages to catch the live stream for that and then listen to the other show later. Um, we also have a follow-up comment from him, Voodoo Mama Juju, which is the name that Ryan's going with today on the screen for those of you who are uh, just listening to the audio version. He says, from, out, from now on, I'm calling you Angela, Ryan. <laughs> That's fine. It's not any worse than Pack Daddy, I guess. Joe Pereno. Uh, the other day, I had to ask my uh, Google Assistant on my phone to send a message to you. And... Uh, Saying send a message to Pack Daddy out loud. I realized <laughs> that I never wanted to do that ever again. <laughs> Joe Pereno in the comments. I'll never get over when LaFleur cried in the hallway when being interviewed by The Rock earlier this season. Once you cry, you gotta go, bro. He says. Hey, 499 super chat from Ooh. Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Um, here's my stance on that. I don't like coaches crying ever, but it's a part of coaching. Like every football coach I can think of has cried at some point. Maybe not Bill Belichick. All the others have cried at some point. 
You just gotta hope they don't do it in front of you, I guess. <laughs> Too old for this says, I so can just sit here and cry. Andy Bernard, Matt LaFleur. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Nice to see we got people in here already. We got a super chat already from Joe. Uh, Drew rightly points out that the Michigan coach was crying. Yeah, that was the interim coach, uh, Sharon Moore. Um, that was awkward. Was, yeah, I mean, everybody's first reaction was, gee, I didn't know Jim Harbaugh died. Man, that's crazy. And then somehow he's back in the locker room later, still fine. So I'm sure Sharon Moore was really relieved to find he's out. Relieved, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I've been seeing a lot of online is that people feel a lot better about the Packers, the overall team, and especially the offense after the Steelers game and after the Rams game. But the frustration that a lot of people had with the offense in general has kind of laser focused in on Christian Watson right now. How fair do you think that is? Um, I think the pitchforks are out. I think every week we got to find a new villain. We, we went from Josh Myers to Christian Watson, and next week it'll be somebody else. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't fully understand it. I understand he's had some drop issues and whatnot, but the absolute pitchfork, burn it to the ground thing is a little silly to me. I think Aaron Jones has bigger, I, I know for a fact, Aaron Jones has bigger drop issues than Christian Watson does. Um, the entire team has had drop issues, and and I do think a lot of these throws are a big part of the problem, and we're blaming Christian Watson. It's not to say that under different circumstances, a different receiver could have maybe come down with some of these errant throws, late throws, under throws, but... Um, I just I, I don't I don't think it's cause for a complete you know this guy's a bust you know attacking his family on social media I mean it's just gotten completely out of control to where um, there's just massive overreaction I mean now we've got Matt Lafleur needs to go because of his comments to the media which I, I don't care for the comments he made but the absolute overreaction to him explaining like a down what a down lineman is or whatever. It's just it's just gotten to be silly to me. So, um, does he deserve criticism? Yes. Does it? It's it's a hundred thousand times more than it should be, though. Yeah, I think uh, on the uh, Christian Watson's family note, I think I'd like to put this out there. My message to both Christian Watson's family and the Packers fans, but only one of those groups actually listens to this show and <laughs> uh, cares what I say, is resist the urge. Okay, because. Uh, I, I think everybody needs to just kind of cool it with uh, the constant like crossfire attacking. And we kind of know at this point who Christian Watson's family is, and that is very defensive of Christian. Uh, they love him a lot. They're going to go to bat for him all the time. Now that we kind of know that, I would just like to encourage everybody to resist the urge to engage with that if you're feeling feisty. Um Dang, where the heck is is Jake? <laughs> really thought he'd be here by now. Well, that's all right because the uh, four ninety nine super chat got split two ways. So there you go. That is true. <laughs> Jake has no claim to a super chat that came in when he wasn't even here. That's correct. 
Uh, Eric Boom. says his concern with Watson is the number of picks thrown when he's targeted. Is that a love issue or a Watson issue? The stat doesn't take sides. It just exists. I don't know that I have an answer to that, but um, I do just kind of always feel like the really great receivers make it easy to throw to him. I'll just say that. We can we can share the blame between Christian and Jordan. Um, but uh, I personally, I'm kind of at a point where I do think adding another really solid, like a wide receiver one is kind of a top need for the team right now. I know there's a lot of hype about Jaden Reed. I'd just like to point out that that hype was not there two weeks ago. So, and it won't be there <laughs> next week. Yeah, two weeks ago so, it was Wicks, and then it was Reed, and that, that's what I mean. I mean, it's 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 simultaneously the negative is way over the top, but so is the positive. Right. Like the defense of Jordan Love, like okay, if it's not all his fault, fine. But the idea that like he he was great, he was elite, he he all these throws, like freaking calm down. Like either people are the worst and need to be kicked off the team, or they need to be in the Hall of Fame. It's like this is this is get like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the whole reason our offense works. It's the greatest thing ever. We just need more Aaron Jones. Two weeks later, he's washed up. He's a bust. He's a bum. Right. Guys, just freaking calm down because you're going to sound stupid tomorrow. So just please relax. Yeah. And, and um, you know, you can throw Sean Ryan's name on there as well. Like last, last. Oh, week yeah. I forgot about his... that. That was huge, too. He needs to be out yeah. there. He was going to be the savior of the offense. Um, With with where you're sitting today, Ryan, um, how much benefit do you see for really going on a tear to end the season versus the draft pick position? Cause I, I know where I stand on this and I, and I think that we probably don't agree on it. I'm much more on the side of, yeah, it'd be nice to really have the great draft pick, but I think I'd rather carry that momentum at the end of, of the year of like, guys figuring some stuff out and figuring out where they fit in the team and establishing themselves. That to me is more valuable than the draft pick position, but where do you stand on that? Well, I, I guess, and I don't know if we're saying the same thing or different things, but um, I, I want to have a good football team as, as much as that seems obvious. And I just, I think my biggest thing isn't so much the carryover because I don't care as much about, you know, like, well, they're going to be upset and then they're just not going to play as well next year or whatever. If we end up with the top three pick, what does that probably mean about the majority of our roster? That's my concern. Like, Jordan Love is not good. Christian Watson's not good. Matt LaFleur is not good. Every, everybody needs to be fired and kicked off the team and, and overhauled. Is that worth it to get, you know, a, a top wide receiver? No, not if we have to lose half of our team. And if it, you know, turns out Rashawn Gary is no good and all, you know, I don't want that. Right. So, but I also don't want to win games just because the opponents suck. And, um, you know, I, I want to have a good football team. So if they can end on a strong note, if we can have what we're continuing to have, which is growth, where Jordan Love is getting better every single week and is showing first half play as well as second half play and playing uh, better as far as the deep passing. And we're seeing Jaden Reed emerge and we're seeing um, uh, Musgrave emerge. I'm, I'm in favor of that. I mean, it's going to suck if we get the 15th pick instead of the 5th pick, but if it means that we have 60% of our roster intact, 
that's a better trade-off in my opinion. Welcome to the show, Jake. Nice of you to drop by. We uh, we've been debating how we're feeling about the offense. Um, starting to get into a little bit of Matt Lafleur talk and figuring out, you know, trying to figure out what we have on the team right now. And I think a big part of it begins with the coaches. And uh, Jake, before you get on here, I was very briefly mentioning a frustration that I have with Matt LaFleur's ability to go out and hire new coaches. Um, and we're looking at the, you know, we two weeks ago we did the uh, breakdown of the defensive coaching staff and who needs to say, who needs to go. And we were kind of talking about like, just get rid of everybody. And I, I do want to talk about the offensive coaching staff as well, but I think we have to have a conversation too about, Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I guess Matt LaFleur's track record, I don't feel like the track record of bringing guys in has paid off that well. Like I think the, like the best hire he's made recently seems to have been Tom Clements, who, you know, was just Aaron Rodgers' buddy and is returning to Green Bay after having been here in the past. So I don't really want to give LaFleur like full credit for an Aaron Rodgers hire. But like even, you know, look at just kind of the, I don't want to say that the special teams has been a disaster, but like, for what we're paying Rich Masaccia and for how hyped up the Rich Masaccia hire was for the first year, which 
I don't know, I, we improved to like middle of the pack as opposed to like the worst ever. Like the special teams isn't great. And like Rich Bisaccia has never been an elite special teams coordinator. He's just like, you know, he had that, that cool year in Vegas where he was the interim head coach and feels like that's why I brought him in. And I think a big part of what everybody hoped was that that would be a huge positive influence on the locker room, on the whole, on the whole um, team. And I don't, I don't think that we're necessarily getting a ton in the way of actual fantastic special teams turnaround as a result of that hire. So Jake, where are you at right now on Matt LaFleur potentially replacing coaches next season? I feel like you have to replace some of them. A lot of people are pretty much already have their minds made up that you need to replace both coordinators, offensive and defensive. Talk to me about your thoughts on the coaching staff and the path forward there. Um, I think it's easy to say that obviously, you know, you don't want both coordinators back and you, you know, the idea of, oh yes, let's get rid of both. Um, I just, for, for me, I don't, I, I have to dig a lot deeper to figure out who I would want to bring in to be the solution, uh, for both coordinators. Uh, I think it's, you know, easier to talk about heads coach, head coach replacements. Cause those guys are always, you know, being more talked about in the, in the, in the space. Um, so, yeah, as of right now, though, I, I do think, you know, Stenovich, it seems like might have just too much on his plate uh, in, in terms of what he's doing all week. Uh, it, it, I think it'd be a lot better if he was, and we, I think we've mentioned this before, back to doing offensive line only. And, and I think that would be uh, much more beneficial. But uh, obviously, I don't think he's going to take the demotion Probably. lightly, right? So, you know that that gets you in a position where now okay it's 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 fine the offensive coordinator defensive coordinator wise i i struggle with this a lot because i think when you look at the defense right now uh they're i want to say like eighth in terms of uh tied for eighth in explosive plays given up uh in the passing game which is good very nice number uh the problem is is their bottom five and explosive plays allowed in the running game I don't know what changes the run. The run defense has not been good since, since capers has been there and had capable guys up front who can, you know, handle a gap and a half, take on some double teams. It just feels like the, the personnel and execution in the run game is not good. Uh, and, and you could throw anyone out there and, and it would be that way. And I think that's partially philosophy related. Uh, and that goes all the way up to the GM. So as far as the defensive coordinator, I don't know. I'm trying to think who I would, who I'd be looking at. Uh, to bring in because I'm sure that it, he's probably at the very least going to be scapegoated this season. Um, so I don't know. I, I have to. We'll have to dive in and, and look at a lot of the candidates. Um, and I Chris has obviously put in a super chat here, and I think you know he has a bad track record. So I think he needs to be introspective uh, on on that and, and what he's done to this point, and and hopefully make an adjustment. We can't do that for him. Uh, we can only sit here and suggest, okay, maybe this guy would work really well uh, in terms of the personnel we have, right? So so I think that'll be interesting to kind of dive into further. As of now, yeah, I think both coordinators, it seems like, are on the way out. 
do you want Matt LaFleur back next year? I Yeah. I, I don't think that he's on the hot seat, but there's a lot of fans who don't want him back. And I do have specific issues with the job that he has been doing as the head coach. Uh, that I yeah. that I think if you look, go through the list of like what's an offensive coordinator responsibility and what's a head coach responsibility, mm-hmm. he checks all the boxes for like he's a fantastic offensive coordinator. 100%. 100%. And then you look at the other side of it, and I don't have a high degree of confidence in the job he's done in those head coaching areas. So play design, play calling, quarterback development, I'm extremely happy in all three of those areas. I think the, the locker room culture seems to have been a problem a lot the last couple of years. Now, obviously, you start winning some games, that changes. Um. But preparation for big games, I feel like that's always been a problem under Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Guys just showing up, not ready to go, hungover <laughs> sometimes. I mean, like, geez. Um, holding people accountable, players and coaches, yeah. hiring and firing coaches. These are the areas that to are – that's the difference between an offensive coordinator and a head coach. Those are the areas where I don't think – Matt LaFleur is checking the box for me. And it doesn't mean that he can't do it. He's been here for four years, five years. I would really like to see some growth and development from him in those areas. Okay. Yeah. I I think the toughest part of this is what you said in the beginning of what he's doing well, right? And it's all about the QB, a lot of it. And if you want to interrupt QB development, if you're still on the love like train to this point, that's a dangerous thing to do. Okay. We we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks, you know, you can point to in the division, Justin Fields, how many offensive coordinators has he had? Has that helped him at all? Not saying he's good per se, but I don't think he's been helped in that regard. Uh, You know, if Carolina goes and blows things up after this year, because they just haven't figured it out. How is that going to be helpful to Bryce Young? So my issue with, you know, bringing in, and again, this is, yeah, people are going to, Chris has brought up the two guys that everybody's going to talk about for the next two months, Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson. I get it. I understand that's, those are the two guys. Um, Drew just put Frank Reich in the chat. I am very out on that after having seen what I've seen from him. Uh, There's some Josh McDaniels is in the chat too, and I, I can't know. If tell you, if people are you, joking, there's no way if you, you guys actually, actually want Josh are McDaniels. suggesting this to bring in Josh McDaniels. I need you to take a hard look one at yourself, and then two at the that at, at how the Raiders have done without him for two weeks. Okay, I don't care who they've beaten; it doesn't matter to me. There is something has flipped culture wise. McDaniels is a terrible culture hire. You guys don't like Lafleur as a culture hire. Okay, I got news for you; it'll be much worse. Okay, there'll be it'll, it. be it'll be it'll be blame everybody Wait. zero accountability for McDaniel's. I I, I would Josh McDaniel's for the OC. No, Matt Patricia for the DC. Oh I, yeah, I would. I would. Here's what I, I think I'd be fine if I just don't think they have the personnel for this. People are gonna people want the offensive coaches. It would be nice to have an offensive coordinator that could just work with love and has as this on his plate. It would be honestly really sick. I think if. 
LaFleur was going to be the OC next year and they could bring in Mike McDonald from the Ravens to be the head coach. I actually think that would be potentially the best solution. I think you have McDonald I, is I basically if, on a, on a track. I know it wouldn't, it's not going to happen. I'm saying the best what, way, what if Matt the best LaFleur way, is like really tired of being a head coach though. Maybe, and well, he's like, man, I just want to be an OC again. And then well, they're like, guess what? You can do that here. And that would be great, honestly. It's 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 probably a fever dream, uh, but I think it, it it keeps the 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 track of okay. Love has been working with this guy now his entire career. To interrupt that concerns me a little bit because I don't think the OC or the head coach coming in, if it's Slowick or if it's Drew, I don't know about that, buddy. Have you seen Jacksonville this year? I don't <laughs> Drew know. Drew says that, it's, a, it's a shame we missed out on Doug yeah. Peterson. I don't know about that. Uh, he's he's they're running. Uh, let's put it this way: uh, they're not. They don't have a deep threat right now. Even if you call Ridley and Kirk deep threats, they're not using them as deep threats. They're playing everything seven yards and in. If you watch the game against San Francisco, they they weren't throwing down the field at all. They are, they are committed to eleven play seventy yard drives for touchdowns, and eventually, good defenses like San Francisco just squat on stuff like that and, and ruin your game plan. He's given play calling away. He loves doing that. It, it hurts the team when he does it. I honestly don't know what kind of operation he's running. He, he is he is doing something this year in Jacksonville that's that got him run out of town in Philly. It's it's the, he's going on the same track right now, and it's hurting Lawrence's development. So I don't think I want that at all. Um, so I, I, I ideally, right, you're obviously getting one of the two guys that I mentioned earlier in, in, in Sloak or Johnson. And you hope that one of the two brings the culture that you want to see. Uh, I love Ben Johnson's creativity meshed with aggressiveness meshed with, we're going to give you a ton of different stuff off play action looks. That's great. And if love can operate in that regard, excellent. Uh, but are, are I think you proposing hiring Ben Johnson to come be the head coach? Yeah, I think so. I, I, Nobody's coming. Nobody. I, I promise you right now, uh, Slowick and, and Johnson are not coming to be offensive coordinator in Green Bay. No. It's no. not happening. Slowick um, giving up giving up Stroud for love? No, unless he's a head coach. Absolutely not. It's not happening. Too old for this. Wants Jerry Gray to come back and be the defensive coordinator. He's if you don't remember, he's currently this is our uh, former defensive backs coach. He's currently the Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. And I just – this is my big problem with LaFleur's hiring. Can we not just keep calling up all the same familiar faces? Burn Matt LaFleur's Rolodex. Go out there, hire somebody who's up and coming, who is getting this job because they are doing so well at the level below. Go find that – if you're looking for a, an, an OC, go find that position coach who is – shooting up who is on that trajectory who another team wants to hire yeah. to be an oc if you're looking for a defensive coordinator go find that guy you know if he's a linebackers coach that hasn't previously been the defensive coordinator for the winless lions and for the redskins right um and who worked with lafleur for a year eight years ago like like yeah. go find that linebacker coach who's young like we got we were all talking about uh your Giro Evero that was a guy yeah like that's exactly what you're looking for one of these rising stars who doesn't have a connection to Matt LaFleur 
who is only getting this job because they are good at what they do. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Let's and not go hire the Wisconsin Badgers defensive coordinator that isn't even getting any interviews from any other NFL teams. The Green Bay Packers should be getting the best of the best, not the leftover scraps that mm-hmm. nobody else is interested in. Yeah. And 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 by the way, Evro, not the problem in Carolina right now. Not at all. He is not the nope. problem down there. They got a lot of other issues. Uh, it's not him. So they can I, obviously they can go traverse the Fangio tree if they would like to, and go for the kind of young and co- up and coming disciples there. Um, see, this is the thing: like a Jim Schwartz, Steve Wicks caliber DC. The, Jim Schwartz is his own. He is his own guy. Okay, there's not a lot of guys like him in, in the way he he sets up defense. Uh, Greenwood would have to shift a few things philosophically. Uh, they have great personnel up front for a Jim Schwartz to come in, no doubt. Attack, love that. They, I think they would. I think Schwartz would love to have, you know, Brooks and, and Wyatt. Maybe you're adding Jerzon Newton to that mix in the draft, and you have you know guys who can just get after it as pass rushers. Is your concern is the back seven? Good news, we don't have one. We yeah, build that's that up the, the thing. ground anyway. Right. And and that'll be a lot of man coverage, a lot of cover one. You you gotta have more for that. And that and that's going to take Goody saying, Okay, well now I need to, you know, spend high high capital on corners who can man cover. They haven't necessarily done that. Right. They they got Stokes and Alexander. Alexander maybe could be a man cover guy. Stokes, he's still probably at his best in uh well. <laughs> In in more quarters, uh, in more three, where you can turn and run. Uh, I think that's that's where he's best suited. So you have now kind of contrasting styles at corner. So there there has to be, you know, he Goody's going to have to adapt. Um, will he? <laughs> That'll be the question. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into this. I the only thing that you know, not retreading. I think you don't want to retread you know, these, these middling guys, like you said, like, do you really want Dan Quinn to come in and be head coach? It's going to be a lot of cover three, which might be suitable for the, for the back end. Uh, but I don't know. doesn't move the needle for me. Now well, I like Lou Anarumo. Would Lou Anarumo move the needle from Cincinnati? Bring him in. If you can get Lou Anarumo. Probably going to be, have to be the head coach, but you know, you find that up and coming offensive guy then with, with Anna Rumo and you got, maybe you got something here. Uh, so it's, it's tough. Uh, I obviously we can suggest all these things. LaFleur's not going anywhere. Um, especially for the continuity thing at the quarterback position. I think like JJ, you've already said, he's, he's a great offensive coordinator. It'd be hard to disrupt that a little bit uh, and go a different direction. I get it. Uh, you know, I think, I think I've seen the fan base it, it, and how they act, to be honest, where we've, we've seen it. If, if the Packers come out flat with Ben Johnson as the head coach next year, after four games, people are going to lose their minds. Like, why have we done this? Even though they were clamoring for it all off season. It's like, well, it's going to take time. This is, a, it will be an adjustment for everybody, right? Including your quarterback. So, I mean, the, the timeline is clear. Like we have love under contract for one more year. Yeah. LaFleur is going to be here one more year. He will be here. He'll be the head coach in 2024. Yeah. Like barring an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Unless the they coordinators, 
the coordinators I'm leaning toward probably won't be back. Next I would year. imagine. Yeah. And a big part of that is I don't think Matt, Lo- I don't think anybody who knows anything thinks that Matt LaFleur is on the hot seat in 2023. I do think 2024, the, the excuses have kind of been run through and it is time to see results from this rebuild. Okay. You've been rebuilding for a year. Realistically, it's two years mm-hmm. here. We're in year three. You can pretend it's year two if you want to, but we need to see results here. And I don't think Matt LaFleur is likely to let himself be hamstrung by poor coordinator results. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris wants to know what a coordinator be interested in coming into a situation with a lame duck head coach. I don't, I don't know, know why that, not. I don't know that the coordinators are going to promote it. Look that deeply into it. You know, the coordinator could become an interim and future head coach. I don't know why that a guy's getting promoted. I think, I don't know. People assume people don't want to climb the ladder, no matter who it's for. And that's, People people will do that for sure. So I don't think And I don't I don't think that that's a, a bad bet either. I mean it like it if no. you as the coordinator, if you do think that this is potentially LaFleur's last year that you're signing on for, and he does get moved on from in the middle of the season, that's not bad for the for the team and the fan base either, that you get an opportunity to maybe take a young promising coordinator who you just brought in and let them learn on the job for the last five games of a season. Again, I I don't think either of us think that LaFleur is getting fired next year, but speaking to the hypothetical posed by Chris of the head coach potentially being a lame duck head coach, I think that that's just a positive for everybody yeah, yeah, and, and Drew and Drew said there's only 32 teams. If if somebody's saying, yeah, uh, you know, you're the quarterbacks coach, you want to come be an offensive coordinator for the Packers. I don't think there's anybody who's going, oh yeah, yeah, no, I I got to pass on that. <laughs> yeah, pass on that promotion. It's there's, like, no. I mean, people accept jobs with the Cardinals and the Browns and the Jets and the Jaguars all the time. Nobody's passing up the opportunity. No, to come be a coordinator for the Packers, unless you just don't want to be a coordinator. Right. I think, you know, maybe there's, there's some, some credence to, Oh, I don't want to be the OC under an offensive head coach. That's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's entirely possible, but still, I think that, you know, if, if you're a, an offensive guy who's, who's working up the ranks, you know, becoming an offensive coordinator in green Bay, if they're successful, clearly has yielded results for guys who have been the previous OC. Now it hasn't worked out, but they've gotten, you know, promoted, right? Yep. You know, Getsy was not the OC. He get he goes and gets an offensive coordinator job. Hackett was the offensive coordinator. He goes and gets a job at Denver. Right. Obviously he didn't last, but he's he's not going to suddenly disappear then. Right. Now he's offensive coordinator for the Jets. So it was like guys will be able to have that opportunity to take a leap if if they're good. And I'm totally drawing a blank. I'm I can picture his face exactly. Who was our interim head coach when uh, we fired McCarthy? 
uh, um, Joe, Philbin. Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the OC. He got yep. to be the interim head coach for like four or five games. Mm-hmm. And I remember Aaron Rodgers was like really ticked that he wasn't like the front runner to get the head coaching job after that because he liked him. Yeah. And uh, I think that everybody knew exactly why Joe Philbin <laughs> was not in consideration for the head coaching yeah. job after they saw how those games went. But he was given the opportunity. Sure. He was. Um, okay. Uh, we got one more question here from Eric, and then um, we got some uh, some funny things I want to look at together. Eric says it's the general consensus that this could be Matt Lafleur and or Goody's last draft with the Packers. Do they hitch the wagon to Love or try to capture lightning in a bottle? I'm gonna say no to everything in there. I don't I don't think there's anything in there that I agree with. Um, I mean, maybe that this is Matt Lafleur's last last draft, but he's—I don't know how involved he is in drafting, really. I mean, he's—we know that he was heavily involved in the decision to select Jordan Love specifically from among the quarterbacks that, yeah. that he really liked Jordan Love. But I mean, other than that, like Brian Gutekunst and his staff, like they are the ones who do the drafting. It's not that Matt Lafleur is uninvolved. Yeah. But I, I don't think that there's a, a big Matt LaFleur influence. I think that Matt LaFleur and Goody talk about, hey, here's pieces that I need in order to run my scheme. I need an H back. Okay, I'll go get you to Josiah DeGuara. Like that kind of stuff does happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I need Derrick Henry. Okay, I'll go get you AJ Dillon. Right. I know people don't like AJ Dillon or Josiah DeGuara, but the point is that those conversations do have. Uh, sure. do happen. Um, yeah. And is this Gutekunst's last draft with the Packers? I can't imagine. So I think the Packers are no. relatively happy with Brian Gutekunst. And I think that even though fans aren't, I think they should be. Fans should be happy with him. Um, no. I mean, the, the, obviously the whole thing does definitely revolve around this huge question mark of like what happens when Mark Murphy retires. He's yeah. got a mandatory retirement what is it like the middle of 2024? Do you recall? Like June? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's 20. Is it 2025? Like right after the draft? Might be. It's like right after. Yeah. July 13th, 2025. Okay. Is the, is that, so it'll be after the draft is hosted there in Green Bay. So are you guys satisfied with Goot? Uh, like I'm never perfectly wholly satisfied with anybody. Yeah. But uh, I think, like, the math bears out that Brian Gutekunst is one of the better drafters in the NFL. I'm largely pretty darn happy with the job he's done. I know that Packer fans are hypercritical of the misses because yeah. you don't look around at the rest of the league and see what the rest of the league is doing poorly because that doesn't get talked about very much. No. When well, you're looking not in your at, bubble. Yeah, when you're looking at other teams drafts you're not seeing all the misses and no you only see, see the players who hit on other teams you you're only like, oh my gosh fred warner third misses. round right like yeah okay but like what look, go look how many third round running backs the niners have taken in the last six years how, how many can you name that are you know Tyrion davis price trey sermon and um joe williams from utah anybody know his name anybody remember that name i doubt it at this point he was like picked 65th in that draft. 
was terrible. And, you know, that's, I mean, nobody cares about it because all they see is Fred Warner balling out, which again, fair, but people miss. Uh, I, I'm satisfied. If you asked me two years ago, the answer would probably be no. Really? Um, I think, yeah, two years ago before the Campbell and Douglas signings that kind of, I think, you know, really, really uh, invigorated the, the team a little bit. I would have probably said no. Um, just because I think 2020, I wasn't thrilled with the draft. 2021 was weird. Uh, there were things I understood. I understood kind of maybe the vision a oh, little bit, but that's I, I, we we, we got to stop with that because if you get me talking about the 2021 decisions, right, we're never going to stop. Right, that's what I mean. So so we get there, and and I wasn't at all. Uh, he makes really nice signings, right, in, in Douglas and Campbell. 2022 draft really liked it. Day three was obviously is yielding a lot of results right now. I know that Rashid Walker isn't not everybody's thrilled with him right now, but I promise you tackle depth who can play right matters right now. Look around the league. Okay. Offensive line play sucks right now. It is nice to be able to go. Oh, and I get it. They're starting right now. It doesn't feel as good, but it's nice to be like, Oh man, can we lean on Nyman or, or, or Walker for a game? Yeah, probably. And and that's like something, you know, a luxury that not a lot of teams have right now. And why you're probably going to see 10 tackles go in the first 45 picks next April because the talent's so high. People need it. So you, you get that there. Obviously, you got Tom in that draft. You get Enigbari, who's in the rotation. You get Dobbs all on day three, right? And, and this draft, I, I think with, you know, you see Wyatt coming on from the last draft. This one, you have Wicks and Reed already producing as young players. Musgrave starting to find the stride a little bit like they're they figured things out I get that and I've I've been critical of this as well I I don't always love these big swings in athleticism I'd like to have some like good players right now um, who have some ceiling still attached to them uh, you know some doubles that can turn to triples not okay we're swinging for the fence every time then you know this might be a strikeout so I get that but the last two drafts I think he's been he's been pretty strong and I, I think he's really kind of saved things a little bit with him, to be honest. Eric says he he trusts Goot and his team with scouting and drafting, is not satisfied with his handling of trading and cutting players, says his communication skills appear extremely weak. I'm I'm all the way 100% out on that now. Um, I was interested in uh, discussing it when, like, Aaron was really frustrated mm. over – some stuff with how some guys are being like, Oh, like uh, I know my, like Mike Daniels is another example of this, but I think I'm just completely out on it now. Cause we, I, I think it was the, the Rasul Douglas trade was what kind of was like the final thing for me of like, I can't take anybody seriously anymore. Who's criticizing this. He personally called him and people are ticked off about that. And I'm like, all right, there is literally nothing that he's going to do that is going to no. satisfy you. I'm no, I don't think so. I, I no longer have any any energy left for um, discussing how Goody should cut guys more gracefully. Like it's, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't. it's a business. It is what it is. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna. You're just. And I get it. I, I people side with the players. I'm totally on board with all the players, right? In, in getting what they deserve in terms of you know money and injury protection and, and pension stuff and all that for playing an extremely dangerous football game. I get it for sure. 
I just think we have unrealistic expectations of what a general manager is going to be. You're not going to be, you know, chilling with this dude on, you know, Thursday nights on the bye week. Like that's just not like what GMs are. Um, that's just not what they are. So that expectation of like, we're, we're fans. We like the players, right? We don't think about the general managers that way. So I think it's just that expectation is, is, is yeah. Going to be, you know, a, a little bit warped. So and I, I like this, Drew. Yeah, they're both of Drew's comments. Once we get a studded offensive tackle, suddenly the depth is really good. And that's kind of where we were at with Bach, right? When Bakhtiari was like coming in the season yeah. healthy and played, it was like, oh, wow, like look at all this depth we have. And I know a lot of the depth has been, you know, some of the depth has been forced into action uh, and it hasn't been great. But at times it's been serviceable and, you know, we, we, can, we can handle that. Joe Alt to Green Bay would be sick. I think that immediately shifts how we think about the offensive line. And I agree with this, saying he hasn't given up on craft yet. I haven't either. Tight end is extremely difficult to play, people. I, I don't. It's the tough. It's one of the tougher transitions. Corner is extremely tough. Obviously, quarterback is as well. Tight end is not easy. I get it. Like everybody's infatuated with, like, oh wow, look at Kincaid and Laporta. It's like, yeah, they're pass catchers. Of course, you can find space for pass catchers in an offense. Like that's going to happen for for guys like that who can kind of work the short and intermediate. Right, craft is coming from an FCS school. It's going to take some time. Like it took Dallas Goddard a little bit of time to get going. It, it's, you know, it, it happens. It happens that way. Ryan, are you able to hop back in here? And uh, I don't know if you can hop in and uh, enjoy some laughs with us. Ryan might not oh. be able to. He, uh, I, I guess he's still, he's still on the can. So we'll, uh, we'll let him do that. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, so first of all, we have uh, this, this interaction here with uh, Stefan Diggs. And uh, mm-hmm. do you re- what's this called? Is this uh, NFL Espanol? Is that what it is? Oh, ESPN Deportes. Como estas? Lo siento. Ah, come on, play. <laughs> Monday Night Football? Si. Una, dos, tres, cuatro. Monday Night Football. Americano Football. Football Americano. Football Americano. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. Tough scene, not putting football first and then Americano for Stefan Diggs. It's a tough scene. It's probably why I only caught, you know, a few passes last night. (laughs) Not knowing Spanish, man. That's tough. Did you see Stefan's brother talking about, uh, like, get him out of Buffalo? Dude, it's never the diva wide receiver's fault ever never no all right not at all I, i'm sure you saw this one ridiculous we'll, we'll play this this but. is a matt eberflus's answer when he was asked if just fields was going to play like you said he's not medically cleared to go um right now and uh he's getting better though i mean he's he's uh accuracy's improving he's throwing it better and you know he's starting to do more and more and more so uh we'll, we'll see where it goes and right now we're listening to him as doubtful and uh, we'll see where it goes from there is he, if he's doubt if he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see, we got to give him one more day, give him one more day. But he's uh, he's working hard, and uh, it's getting better every day. So we'll see where it goes. He's not playing. Well, yeah, he's not playing. Isn't the medical staff seen <laughs> clearance yet? What, is it, what are they telling you? What's that? What, what's the heck medical is going staff on, man? Telling you in terms of why they haven't given him the clearance. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really just uh, the clearance is uh, just, you know, obviously he's got to be cleared to play with the medical staff, you know, and so 
it's really about him feeling good about it and the medical staff saying that That's he so can funny. go in there and function. And uh, he's just not there at this time. Is it an issue of grip strength or? It's everything. It's it's all. It's just all improving. You know, the grip strength, the, the accuracy, the, you know, the, the ability to function as a quarterback. It's just. I've had some right coworkers oh, in the past. This is how they answered our boss. He's not playing, but this is doubtful. so funny. Is he out or doubtful? <laughs> he, now he's listed as doubtful. But you're saying that he's out. He's not going to play. We'll see where it goes. Uh, <laughs> chances are Dalvin's happening, bro. That he's in or out. And what the be, heck is we'll going on? He said 51% chance that he's in or out. Again, no, he said he, uh, out when he's out. Uh, right 40 now, seconds ago, he says, out. oh, he's not going to play. Will he go through any right. kind of pregame work? What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? This is like the worst game of chess this guy's trying to play right now. He's like, well, you know, he's listed as doubtful. We got to give him another day. He's not playing, right? Yeah, he's not playing. It was like 51%, you know, doubtful. Like, uh, what? I, did you, but I do like that he goes, so he actually is getting better. Like, first off, that's not a that's not a thumb injury thing. That's a translation. Hey, you know, teams, his accuracy is getting better. Maybe you come trade for him while we take Williams <laughs> or May. That's a that's a really nice little that's a really nice little nugget kind of snuck in there by Eberflu, kind of going, okay, right. like, this isn't the guy. Right. We're gonna go draft the guy clearly with Carolina's pick because they suck. Um, so yeah, guys, he you know, the injury's gonna be fine, he's healing, the accuracy's getting better. You know, come trade for him. Improve your that, offense. Like, that was a very nice little, very nice little nugget there. Well, also, the whole, like, awkward stumbling around bit reminded me of when uh, Kyle Shanahan, I think, I think it was Kyle Shanahan, was asked if, like, Jimmy G was going was gonna to be here next week. And he's like, well, I don't know if anybody's going to be here yeah, next week. Yeah, that's like, so I mean, good. You, you know, you might die in the middle of the week that's or something. So like, that. like yeah. dude. You I know love, what we're asking. I love that because that was pre that was pre draft, right? I think that was pre like oh, them yeah. picking Trey Lance, and and I think people were like, "Well, they're taking a QB, so is Jimmy going to just get traded to another team?" I definitely remember that because it was like right before the draft. Everybody was having so much fun with it. Uh, He's like, can, like, "Can you guarantee that Jimmy will be here next year?" He's like, "Well, I can't guarantee that any of us will be yeah, here on this earth next will year. Will any of us be here by Sunday? Something like that? Like <laughs> Sunday? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah any of us like, be here by Sunday?" Sunday? <laughs> And, and it's not like they were really like a fun. two-win team either. Like this yeah. is like one of their good years too. Yeah. So. And this was always and and I remember people just milked that thing the entire like through the entirety of the draft. It was like yeah. someone went, someone was asking like, "Hey, do you do you have like a day two mock coming out? You know, after the first round?" And and one of the any, I don't remember who said it. It might have been Ben Solak who said it. I don't know. Somebody did who was doing one, and he goes, "Well, do you even want it? Like we might not even be here on Sunday." <laughs> like it was really good. Like that 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 quote was was epic. I was also I love that. Also, the thing about like uh, when Kirk Cousins was like talking about how he might die or something, but like super flippantly, and people were oh. doing like the the uh, you know the Rocky like if he dies he dies. I mean like <laughs> like Kirk Cousins talking about himself. I think it was about uh, COVID. He was like, well, oh, that's right. No, that's that funny. That's definitely what it was. Yep. All right. Have you seen this guy Ross Creations? I. I've I don't been think so. I've been following him for like four years, and he's got just like the most um, clean, nice, hilarious videos ever. Okay. Is it not playing? Why is it? Oh, it's muted. It doesn't I'm like when problem I... or possum or something. I'm not tell you the truth. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, I I tried every kind of trap, different kinds of foods, and I just haven't been able to get them. 
I heard him in the attic at first. He got out of this one. And, I mean, I, I tried them all. I don't know if you guys have certain traps that you catch them with or something like that. Yeah. You know where they're getting in? Well, no. I mean, about a week ago is when I first seen him. He's right in here. I just, I don't feel comfortable going in there with him and stuff. Oh, um, my God. You are not. Dude, there's bear. I haven't been able to get him out yet, so. They put a grizzly bear in his house. Can we get him off of our walls or something? I mean, what do we got to do here? He, he sticks a grizzly bear in his house and calls an exterminator. She loves this stuff, but I can't get her to leave. So we're going to have to call an exterminator. That's the best is an orkin coming through. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely deal with bears. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey, if you throw some cheese at it, I think you might solve the problem. He did another one where he um, he took the tires off of a car. And so it's just on the rims. Okay. And then he drove it, drove the car to a shop and just asked them to change his oil. And like the whole goal was like, leave the shop with only having his oil changed, even though there's no tires on this car. <laughs> That's funny. That's really good. Ryan, can you put my... I like, uh, that. I like that. Yeah, there we go. Extra roll of toilet paper there, Ryan. <laughs> Looking for someone to come out here as soon as possible. Got rats, a possum, or something up there. It's big, Bubba. Come on in! Hey! How you doing, sir? <laughs> for three days, they've been going... This way, Almost that way, I hear him. Oh, you can hear him right now. I hear him everywhere. Some of the babies out around here. Oh, so but I don't care nothing about them. It's the big uh, mamas. Yeah, it looks yeah. like mamas had some babies. I have lots of different kind of traps. Poison could be outside, but they're inside, they're gonna die. I hate to say it. If <laughs> get it, get it. <laughs> Hey, well, you help me grab him. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Great videos. All right, a little different, a uh, little different flavor. Same guy though. So good. That's so good. This is camping in front Love of it. stores that aren't having a sale. Oh, this I I saw this. I didn't watch it. Did you? I definitely saw this on the timeline. Okay. Okay. I wish I could make it bigger. Every time I go full screen, it Seems like the like volume doesn't. They're just like buffers. Right. Full screen. It's just buffers. Fine. When any employees ask you what we're doing, we're going to say, we're just really excited to shop and tell them that we've been camping there all night. I love how many people came at freaking nine o'clock on a Thursday. Good line. I'd say we got here around maybe 7 o'clock last night, so... Well, I guess Best Buy is selling things today, so we're going to see what their price on water is. <laughs> been here since last night. What it is. It's week. Oh, we drove from Texas. Could have said it open. Just should have said it open. Yeah, 11 last night. What are you guys waiting for? Uh, just we're excited to shop. I like that. Can you open up early for us? We're going to let you guys in early. 
everything in Best Buy is for sale. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. I was from Tennessee. You drove, dude? Straight. That's awesome. <sighs> Maybe someday uh, derailed will be big enough. We can do that. Oh, man. <laughs> Drew, yeah. Drew's talking about the uh, the little rodent trap that he had to catch the bear, and he says, "I love how small that trap was." I know that was really good. That was really good. Drew, so I did, sure, I did sure try starting it first and go to full screen. What'd you I'm say? Sure what it is? He's like, I'm not sure what it is. This traps aren't working though. <laughs> he's That's he's so got just a, a normal rat running around the house, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like one of the babies. I want the mama." And then the like the homeless guy falls through the ceiling. <laughs> That's so good. Those are really good. <laughs> uh, really, really good. Love it. All right. Well, the uh, the goal was to be done by the top of the hour. And here we are, seven fifty nine Lambo time, which yeah. is great because I have an early morning. Um. Prayers for uh, for Ryan's bowels. Yeah, since he's still stuck in the toilet. It's been a while. I, no. <laughs> he's he's not actually on the toilet, but somebody in the comments suggested yeah, that's what it was. We I, I love that, that people kept running with it, and <laughs> Ryan himself ran with it a little bit. <laughs> right, that was really. If funny. Ryan if Ryan hadn't posted in the comments, yeah, that's what's going on. Uh, I would uh, I would not have kept it going, but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Drew okay. says, "Did you guys talk about Aaron Rodgers?" Uh, we didn't. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, that's. We're, we're not getting the first round pick. Yeah, no, it's and impossible. Guess, uh, yeah. they could they could run ninety plays a game, and I'm pretty sure that's not happening. Uh, it stinks. Um, it would've been really nice if Zach Wilson could have helped us out a little bit, throw more picks, kept the defense on the field a little bit more. Yeah. Suddenly started to you know not throw interceptions, which stunk. Uh, but he was fumbling it a lot, so that's. I love that they said we're you know we're good. He, he pled the fifth. I'm like, oh, do you need you need to change the QB right. thing? He said, I'm pleading the fifth. You know, you got me there. And then it's like, nah, we're we're sticking with him. He started. You know, it's just leave me alone. <laughs> I did, thing. but here's the Aaron Rodgers thing that that I think is funny to talk about. Did you see? He like dropped that box, and like something came flying out of there. It looked oh, like yeah. a, you know. $1,400 bottle of tequila or something. It's, it like falls over on its side and you can see liquid just glug glug all on the field. Yeah. He's just like casually like stuffs it back in the box. Like, Oh, you weren't supposed to see that. I thought that I, was uh, interesting. I know Pat McAfee asked about it. He asked him if it was uh, something else. Um, it's his ayahuasca juice. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it is the, uh, it's the, the cleansing liquid. He's supposed to drink for his Panchakarma cleanse. That's what it is. Yeah. So if you drink that on the sidelines, suddenly you see Zach Wilson playing good football. <laughs> like it's a it's a strange phenomenon. Uh, so I wonder if that's what Adam Gase used to use. You know? Oh, or, yeah, uh, sure. I mean, that's why his eyes looked like that. What is Adam Gase up to? I before we end this, I have to look this up. What is, what's he up to these days? Where is he? Adam Gase, uh, not in the NFL right now. What is he doing? Former coach. I have no idea what he's up to. I think guys won't take promotions. He got hired as a coach twice. Head coach. Right. Two times. So we'll go back to that. Uh, August 4th, former Jets coach Adam Gase attends Broncos practice. Probably explains what's wrong with the Broncos then. I don't know. There's, uh, here we go. His Twitter is still active. 
Adam Gase, New York Jets head coach. Oh, this is a this is a parody. That's a parody. That's... I was I was hoping that his thing still said no. You shut your mouth, Drew. Adam Gase is not our next OC. Shut your mouth. How dare I'd you? I'd rather have um, one of us do it, and I wouldn't know where to go than have Adam Gase do that. No, thank you. I I think I would. Uh... I would get a NFL football for dummies manual stay on the sideline and just pick plays from there. That's what I would do. I would, I would love to be, that's Oh man. If I was on hard knocks and like was actually a coach, I would just do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just just, just totally screw with it. Just like, just like have it, have the football, have that football for dummies book. Maybe just have it just like just walking with it on the sidelines while everybody's stretching (laughs) upside down, turning the pages. Just make sure the camera gets this, <laughs> and and, uh, and make sure you're mic'd up and go. Man, I feel good about what I'm seeing here. I like what our offense is going to be this year. And just keep. Uh huh. I-, I know some of these words. <laughs> what you could do? Oh, this is like what uh, St- Connor Stallion should have done. So you get the the book, like custom printed up, so the cover is like coaching for dummies. But then the pages are your actual play calls. Like this is your your play call sheet. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he could have he could have hollowed out the book, been reading it on the sideline. There was a camera through the book. It's like, oh yeah. Adam Gates could hollow it out and and put his uh, smelling salts in there. Well, Aaron Rodgers could hollow it out and put his ayahuasca juice in the book as well. Oh man, I. I Messing with like the hard knock screw would be really funny, honestly. Oh, so like, all right, guys, you're in the huddle. You're like, all right, guys, I I saw this play in Madden. It's called four verts. We're gonna run that and just like just make sure the mic picks it up. Oh, it would just be so much fun. Like, guys, if, if you guys, I'm gonna be honest. That drive that. is just be like, guys, I'm gonna be honest. That drive stunk. I thought you know they were gonna be in this thing. I saw uh, this cover two thing, and I I thought we could beat that. Uh, turns out they weren't in that. So I don't know what to do. And just like just be an absolute buffoon, just to be funny the entire. If you're a little more subtle, like uh, you could, you know, you're you're going up against the Jets. You could be like, "All right, yeah, that play worked. I ran against Salah and Madden last night, and it worked too." (laughs) Uh, Will McDonald thought he could beat me in Madden last night, but I just spammed this play. We're gonna try it today. Um, I think that would be perfect. Uh, and I heard you guys were talking about earlier the draft pick and whether you'd rather it be better or not. I'm sure, that was an interesting discussion. I'll have to listen back on that as well. I, if I recall correctly, I think it actually got cut short by you joining. The oh, well, that's that's my bad. And then then we kind of got back on track because you joined. Dude. You got, um, but you left a draft discussion when I joined. What is happening? What are we doing here? Well, we just maybe it's we just didn't want it to be the whole stream. That's what you did. You're kind of like, all right, hold on, hold on. We can't be talking about this when he had this conversation. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. All right, Jake, thank you for uh, joining me tonight here on uh, Packernet Derailed. Uh, thoughts and prayers with uh, the artist formerly known as Pack Daddy. He uh, he got Jim Harbaugh halfway through the uh, the episode, so I'm gonna do my best uh, Sharon Moore impression. Yeah, please, that would be really good. Really good. <laughs> Where's the team? Ryan, uh, I love you, man. I did this. I did this podcast for you. I'll bring you some toilet paper. 
No, we just battle for that guy every day. And, uh, you know, we're just thinking about him. We're really thinking about him. I need to I need to give the Blake Corum bloody, like, between my eyebrows thing going on. Just like some, like, spaghetti sauce. Yeah. Dang it. That would have been so good. Here's the thing. Ryan is still, like, he's still got the, the, the reins of this live stream right, right now. Like, we can't end it until he presses end. Oh, nice. So, Drew we're said just... he's... Was- uh, Drew said he's he's uh, saying he wants to hire draft pick. I think after like pick five, it doesn't matter where you pick. Genuinely. Well, if if we don't draft Marvin Harrison Jr., I kind of don't really care where the pick is because I kind of do a little. I, I mean, Joel is really cool. I don't really love the quarterbacks. Oh, I you know what would be hilarious? Honestly, I thought I was thinking about this because everybody's just talking about Mayhem Williams a lot. I think it would just kind of be hilarious if Stroud's just way better than both uh, in the NFL career. And I think that's very possible that it happens, right? I think it, it could be a very 2020-2021 situation. Where everybody's like, oh my gosh, look at these, you know, ex- extremely physically talented quarterbacks, right? And you have like the previous class of like Burrow and, and Herbert and Tua mm-hmm. and Hertz, and they're just like, no, no, we're just we're just actually better than you guys. Like and it always has been right like that is that that would be pretty hilarious to be honest it's like oh what supports your scenario is like that's what's currently proven like we know cj stroud can be good in the nfl because he's been good for three quarters of the season yeah we have no proof that drake may is a good nfl quarterback correct we don't know that cj stroud is leading the league in like yards and touchdowns or something right now. Yeah. Um, so like proof of concept is there. Yeah. You know, just cause all the uh, talking heads, you know, in the, the draft community are insisting that Caleb Williams and Drake may are the next coming of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Yeah. Doesn't mean Jack. I mean, yeah, no, I, yeah. if I'm putting money down, I'm just betting on the guy who has, Right. done it already yeah. so i, th- no, I think our scenario is is totally plausible yeah they'll be graded out as better prospects than straw by pretty much everybody um but again doesn't really matter uh what well what is what's their s2 score gonna be don't know don't care we've moved on from that uh the s2 score talk r.i.p uh <laughs> april april 3rd to april 24th uh what it was a great you? run Nobody had ever uh, heard never hear from you that. again. Yeah, right. Never hearing from you again. Uh, it's going to be. It's an auto his, block. His Wikipedia page is going to be the only place you ever can find any record of what the heck the S2 score even was. Yeah. Uh, did you hear? I'm sure you did. CJ Stroud was talking last week about what he would be looking for in a quarterback prospect. And he said. First of all, he said, I would never, he said, I would never draft a quarterback who wasn't a multi-sport athlete. And he was talking about the benefits of that, which I thought was interesting. I have always really liked multi-sport athletes as, as draft prospects. The other thing he said, mm-hmm. which like I just thought was brilliant, was that he want he would want to sit down with a, a draft prospect, that quarterback, have him break down some film for him and explain where the what was the exact quote he said like explain to me the exact moment where uh like the the design play breaks down and you're 
um, instinct takes over. And I thought that was really interesting too. And like, obviously he's just a rookie and you know, it doesn't really mean anything, but he knows more than I do. And uh, I, I found it interesting. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because you'll have guys that'll that'll say it right when the first read's not there. Almost guaranteed you will have prospects who will say that. You will have prospects yeah. who will say it, you know, a second and a half later. Uh I, I think you'd probably see that exact scenario happen with May and Williams, to be honest. Uh so yeah, and what was what was always cool with Stroud in college was like his brain was a computer. And so like those, yeah. you know, the the third level reads. That was like his bread and butter. Like that, that was what he was good at. That was his extraordinary trait. And so Mm -hmm. makes sense that that would be what he values, you know, uh, in quarterbacks, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How much, how much of that actually would translate to trying to find a, uh, an NFL quarterback in the draft? I don't know. It's, it's his opinion. And I I found it really interesting. Yeah. I know Drew said, remember the combine and pro days will change a lot. Yeah. But if you remember last year, uh, Stroud and Young were the top two guys from jump, from May, from June, all the way through summer. It stayed that way. You will have guys join the fold. There's no doubt. Someone's going to join the fold in the top six, seven as QB3. We just don't know who it is right now. Uh, and I think that will determine potentially and change how you know we look at the QB class. I don't think the top two are going to change, to be honest. Uh, we're, uh, we're now 11 of 13 weeks into the college football season. I'll be honest, I've seen a ton of film on both. They aren't moving. Uh, if if Williams doesn't ace the draft process, okay, he's not going one then. That's that's really all it is gonna be is which one goes first that changes. Uh but I I, I, I would I, I think that you would have to take May first just because he of like his floor. I think Caleb Williams like ceiling everybody thinks is is higher, but like yeah. I don't know. Uh, to me, it, it kind of hurts that he's a bit of a Fruit Loop. I mean, so, he is. So I think it's. I think this is maybe maybe it's a crazy thought to say, but I think it changes uh, depending on what conference you're in. To be honest, uh, I know With May's got a pretty. I, I was just May's thinking got a pretty good ceiling. Uh, but if I'm the Patriots and I know who's in my conference, I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm taking to Caleb Williams uh, because you have to have it. You want to beat all these guys like. Goodness sakes. I mean, it, it, just imagine if Richardson hits, right? Like that division minus maybe Levis breaking out as well. We don't know. Obviously, he's regressed after game one. I don't think it's going to happen. I wasn't a fan. Uh, I think we've kind of seen what the ceiling looked like. It was a good deep ball thrower and whatnot. But if Richardson hits, you have just in that division, it's Lawrence, Richardson, Stroud, right? And then you have Herbert and Mahomes, right? You have Burrow, Lamar, Lamar. maybe Deshaun, I guess, perhaps. But then you have no, right, then Tua. you have Allen, Tua, and then Rodgers, presumably coming back for another season. Yikes! If I'm the Patriots, like maybe you think May is hit a ceiling worthy hit, and you go with that. I, I think that's totally fine. But at the same time, it's like okay, well, yeah, we might have yeah. to have a demigod that's playing smart. the position to get through everybody. And I think that was, I think partially Indy's um, kind of process. If they were going between right. Richardson Levis, I think they were like, well. I mean, they both have their faults. We might as well swing as high as we can. We know what division we're in. We know what conference we're in. That might play a little bit into it. Probably not as much because they're both be kind of equal uh, in in terms of potential, like where they're at and what their ceilings could be. But it could change change the approach just a, just a little bit. Uh, 
but and and I mean Levis didn't even end up going in the first round, right? So. Exactly. So it's is what it is. But all right, I'm going to cut you off there because I know you can talk my ear off about the draft all night long. True. And uh, and I know that if we keep talking about this, I'm going to get sucked in and I'll let you. Friday evening. So, yeah. Friday. Friday. Evening, folks. I'm, I'm excited, man. I Friday really evening. We'll be we'll be back. We'll be uh, having a good time with that for those interested. We'll talk, you know, as much draft as you want to. Who knows how long that'll be. Anybody listening who has not yet checked out uh, the Friday draft show, check out Jake's YouTube page. Uh, he's been doing it every, every Friday. It's a good time. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Go back, go. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.